What's going on guys? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Shree's podcast. Today I had the opportunity to interview Andrew. Andrew is a trauma healing coach and we had a really valuable conversation. The value that I have gotten out of this episode is incredible. It's inexplicable. This was one of the most valuable episodes that I have ever recorded because guys, um as valuable and as helpful as I found it, you're going to find it um helpful and valuable i'm sure if you belong to the same culture that i belong to i'm sure you're carrying some trauma from your childhood in your chest so this conversation will help you understand your trauma and will give you some insights or some tips or some techniques or tools that you need in order to start your healing and become a better person for yourself and for other people around you and to start living the life that you were destined to live as andrew calls it the journey back to self you need to have a deeper look at yourself and know what hurt you know the wounds that you're carrying that you aren't even aware of the the wounds that bleed on other people and the things that you try to do in your life so hopefully this conversation will give you an understanding of your trauma it's our responsibility to make the world a better place and how do we make the world the better place for everyone it's not going outside and fixing what's wrong with the world or fixing what or trying to fix what's wrong with everyone else it's about fixing yourself it's about looking inside and doing what's right and getting your act together if everyone did that the world would be the best place for all of us all right guys so without any further ado let's now listen to andrew and again one more time i want to thank andrew for being here with me and sharing his knowledge with us all right guys i hope you find this conversation helpful let's listen now all right uh let's get started uh, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to people and what you do yeah my name's andrew lin i live in spain with my family i'm from the uk and i'm a, a coach and a trauma specialist I work with clients around the world to help them heal their trauma, heal their past, release the physical and emotional side effects of trauma and connect to themselves in the present moment and live a authentic and purposeful existence. Right. All right. Um Andrew, what causes trauma and how to identify your trauma? Trauma trauma is different for everybody. and can be caused by any experience actually um my definition of trauma is slightly different to everyone else's most people are aware of the broader uh, definition of trauma which are the big bad experiences that we know about that traditionally cause ptsd like your experience in a war zone or an emergency a car crash a fire a death that kind of thing but actually i think trauma is relevant for a lot more subtle experiences and everyday occurrences and i like to think of trauma as any experience that unconsciously stays with us into future experiences and affects us affects the way we experience uh that future experience yeah i'll give right. you a couple of examples which i used fairly recently but you know having a cup of coffee in the morning is not a traumatic experience we do it it passes through us we move on to the next experience but there are many experiences that don't pass through us that change the way we feel physically that leave us with unexpressed emotion stuck energy that affect our nervous system affect our state of being create things like anxiety and ocd and adhd and fatigue and anger and all these things yeah yeah and then on an emotional side experiences that cause us to blame ourselves or question our worth or feel rejected they cause us to make unconscious decisions that then change the future change the way we act in the future mm-hmm. and that's where the coping mechanism mechanisms like people pleaser and self sabotage and imposter syndrome all these things are created from an experience addiction or set of experience yeah addiction as well 
Right, coping mechanisms. And people are doing it all the time. They're coping to their stress coming from their trauma without even knowing they're traumatized. I believe so. I mean, I speaking from my personal point of view, I was uh, uh, an addict. I was addicted to, to weed, marijuana and alcohol in my 20s. I know that was an unconscious escape mechanism a desire to calm the pain and the emotion that was inside my body and also habits shopping going to the gym gambling there um, you know social media even exercise many of the things we do are unconscious reactions to those physical side effects of trauma i was talking about and i don't think coping is always a good idea to um you know, to to try to fix trauma because uh, it's just a short-term solution. Um, and sometimes, like addictions, it causes more problems and suffering. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the things that you mentioned, so alcohol and drugs, they're generally not good for your health. They're generally not good for you being productive. So they are not beneficial. So they are stopping you from feeling the internal pain you're experiencing but maybe creating external pain and the same with a lot of the habits like whatever it is social media um uh, gambling whatever the things are they're all taking you away from potentially focusing on the present moment and focusing on your purpose mm -hmm. right anything that takes you from uh, focusing on your present moment right yeah it also feels like uh, something that has completely brought you away from your um, authentic way of being, from your true self. You feel like, oh, I used to be something else when I was a little child before all these experiences traumatized me. And I, now I feel this doom and negative feeling and depressed all the time. What happened to me? That's probably trauma. In my experience, it is. I mean, if you just think about the present moment, what you said, everything happens in the present moment. And what trauma does is it drives us out of our bodies because that's where we store trauma. Yeah, so we drive, we come out of our bodies, we come into our heads and our heads are very good at not being in the present moment. They like to be in the past. They like to be in the future. They like to be, it likes to be worrying about things, solving problems. And actually, we experience the present moment, we experience reality in our bodies. Yeah, our brains are just part of us. Right. So that's why trauma robs us of the present moment. Yeah. And in terms of ro robbing us of authenticity and purpose, there's two aspects to it. Number one is, again, a physical aspect. So when you know, we are, we are not just our brains, we are our bodies. We are not just thoughts, we are inspiration. We are gut instinct, yeah? And in order to connect to those things, we need to be in our body. In order to feel safe, to move forward, to make decisions, to express ourselves, we need to be grounded and embodied, yeah? And trauma often robs us of this. But also it creates characters it causes us to fragment our personalities and create inauthentic characters yeah the people pleaser the self-saboteur the nice guy whatever it is mm. yeah right. it creates often often trauma is is associated with blame or rejection etc and that create that that causes us to create this character that then faces the world. And that mm. character is at arm's length to us to stop us from feeling rejection, to stop us from feeling pain. Right. And it's a really effective coping mechanism. It does stop us from feeling that. But unfortunately, it disconnects us from ourselves and the universe and life. Mm. Sure. And, that, and that's 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 a depressing existence to introduce a word depressing that's that's the existence that a lot of people are living yeah that ex explains my situation also <laughs> that's yeah. the way you feel 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's perfect. Like arms length from who you are, and it's like something has stolen your real life, you know. And uh, yeah, you're far away from yourself. That's true. It's also affecting uh, your day to day life. Like you said, it creates character and this something that protects you from pain and some what happened to you. You know that caused trauma. <sighs> Is there a way to reverse the effect of trauma? There is a way, and it's fairly simple, actually, to reverse trauma, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. okay? There are many modalities that are supposed to help with, with trauma. In my experience, to heal trauma, in the, one needs to look at all of the symptoms of trauma at the same time, ideally at the same time. I healed my trauma through getting help from probably 20 or 30 different people, different practitioners around the world, Bali, India, South America, Spain, the UK, many, many places over many, many years. And the reason it wow. took so long is because I was just, you know, dotted around doing these modalities one at a time, you know, healing my inner child then healing my body yeah but when you take a holistic approach and heal all of the side effects and by that i'm talking about the physical side effects of trauma so the dysregulation that it causes in your nervous system your and your body okay healing yeah. that allows you to be embodied and in the present moment and feel safe which means you don't feel that anxiety anymore you've got clarity of thinking You've got energy, yeah? The fatigue goes, the OCD, the confusion, the procrastination goes. And that gives you a chance, yeah? Right. And, uh, and often that improves your lifestyle because that's where the addiction comes from, the avoidance of the physical side effects. Mm -hmm. So we need to heal the physical side effects and at the same time heal the emotional side effects, Okay, and that's what you were talking about. The character, yeah? The yeah. character that you've got, the distance. It's a journey. What we need to do is a journey back to self. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, the way you do that is by healing the parts of you that experience the trauma. Right. So how old, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm 22 now. So you're 22. You're still a young man. But as you sit there, you're half my age, I'm 44. So okay. as you sit there as a 22-year-old man talking to me, there are parts of you that are still live within you that you're acting from, that are from your younger periods of your life, right? Okay? And they will be the, one that, the ones that were traumatized or experienced trauma, mm -hmm. okay? So that's still live within you. So part of you is acting from that place at this point in time. Not necessarily now, but when you get triggered or when you feel afraid. Yeah. Right, right. Part, that's the traumatized part of you. Mm -hmm. So the way to reverse the emotional side effects of trauma is to go back and heal that part of you. Mm -hmm. And what healing looks like is releasing the emotion around the event that is unexpressed that you weren't allowed to express at the time. That's the thing that causes the trauma mm -hmm. and keeps it live within you. Right. Okay. And that's stored within your body. Right, let, me get, let me give you an example. Let me use me as an example. Okay. okay. When I was five years old, my parents got divorced. Okay. That's a very common occurrence, and it's hard to pinpoint that as a traumatic event. But that situation was very traumatic for me. There was a lot of um, emotion involved in that situation. Sadness, grief, rage, you know, all that anger, all that type of stuff. Yeah. I wasn't able to process that emotion at the time. Right. And as a result, that, that event stayed with me physically. But also that part of me, that five-year-old boy, made the unconscious decision that he was never going to allow himself to be that vulnerable again, to mm. be rejected. Right. Okay? 
So that character of mine, that coping mechanism was created by this five-year-old part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Right. That's when I made a decision. And that's when my personality fragmented away from the five-year-old that would have just expressed himself, that would have lived his life, the one that would have uh, connected to his purpose and followed his joy and maybe done whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, that part of me thought, wow, this isn't safe. It's not safe to express myself. It's not safe to be me. I'm going to get rejected like I've just perceived to be rejected by my father. And that created the coping mechanism. And then that version of me, that arm's length character, then went into relationships and didn't want to be vulnerable. Mm. He didn't follow up on opportunities. He procrastinated. He didn't set up those businesses he wanted to set up. He didn't approach Mm. that woman in the bar that he got attracted to. He started living this life that was not authentic and purposeful. because of the experience I had at five years old. Mm -hmm. That kind of pushes you away from the situations that are likely to make you feel the same again. Yeah, exactly. It puts a filter in front, in between you and the universe and reality. Mm -hmm. Right. The filter goes, am I, is there a chance I could be rejected here? Is there a chance I could be hurt here? Yes, okay, well, I will move away from that opportunity. Right, and when you actually do that, it kind of makes you even more resentful than before because you didn't listen to the true instinct. It makes you resentful, and life is just the other side of these opportunities. Yeah, Life is through the struggle. Life is through the risk. The Mm. good things in life, many of the good things in life, purpose, abundance, experiences, yeah, they're all through the, 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 the growth or the, the struggle mm-hmm. or the risk. Absolutely. And if you, have a, if you have a coping mechanism in place that doesn't allow you to, be, to get it wrong or be rejected, then you're always moving away from life. You're right. Absolutely. And uh, for someone traumatized, now let's say they voluntarily choose to, I'm going to face what feels terrifying. Uh, You know, even if I feel scared to approach that girl, I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to venture into a new business. Uh, It's kind of feels like some part of them doesn't want to do them like this oppositional force is Mm. keeping them from doing their best. That's also a symptom, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. So there's there's like mindfulness. The mindfulness approach to that would be, you know, just do it. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Can't remember who did the book, but um, <laughs> that, is a, that is an approach. Mm-hmm. My, my thought on that is that I think it works. So pushing yourself through and making yourself do situations works. Mm -hmm. But the problem is to know which situation to push for, yeah, to know which opportunity to go for, to know which woman or partner to go for, you need that needs to be coming from an authentic place. Right. right? If you're carrying around trauma, then that that authentic place is confused. When we're traumatized, we're often attracted to the wrong person. We're often attracted to the wrong uh, opportunity. Now, in the universe's eyes, they're the right opportunity because they're there for growth. But um, they can, you know, just just going ahead and doing it can lead to more struggle. Mm -hmm. Right. I I I think the more effective method is to heal the trauma Mm-hmm. Heal the part of you that's scared. Heal the, heal the part of you that fears rejection. So you can connect to yourself, connect to what you want, and then move forward authentically and purposefully, and then make those decisions consciously rather than pushing yourself through them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, David Goggins is the best example of pushing himself <laughs> through and the... he's done brilliant. He's done great. Yeah. I tried to take his approach, but uh, it doesn't always work with everybody, you know, because um, 
or maybe if I keep trying, you know, you're going to reach like discipline. You get up every day and put yourself through what's hard every single day, no excuses. But it almost feels like there's two different personalities in you. One is pulling you behind, you know, one is pushing you forward, something like that. I think everyone's different. I follow and respect a lot of people with that with that mentality because I, I love what they've achieved. Sure. Um, I like, and I feel like it's more of a fight. It's basically like willpower. It's like, I'm in control. I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And I'm going to smash through all the barriers that get in my way. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I, I respect that. But I like to I like to run my life differently. I like to focus on like co-collaboration with the universe and I like to step into ease and I like to see opportunities. So I will set an intention of what I want and then I will watch the universe conspire to bring that opportunity in front of me and then I will slip into that. Right, right. And I feel like for me that's a lot more effective and an efficient way to do things rather than plot my course, like, I'm going to run this marathon, I'm going to try train 20 miles a day to get there, and I'm going to do it in this amount of time. Right. Yeah, I think that's one way to do it, and it obviously works for some people, but I, I like to look at life in a slightly different different approach. Sure, I would agree. Like, you should, you want to learn, get that knowledge of how mind works, you know, and then definitely Goggins mentality helps you to put yeah. yourself through it combination of the two work really well and that's what i feel like i'm stepping into in my life right now actually um which is exciting absolutely yeah definitely okay um some people go through their lives without ever fixing their trauma you know and then they become these traumatized they become it and they become someone who transform the trauma to further their children and it becomes a generational thing which can be identified in a lot of families. I don't know if there are any families that don't have generational trauma. <laughs> Society is quite traumatizing. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, parenting a couple of generations ago was traumatizing. There was, you know, physical violence, abuse was common. So yeah, you're right. Um, any trauma that we we received at the hands of our parents is because they were traumatized by their parents. True. It's as, pretty much as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And it's our choice. If you don't want to look at your trauma, if you if you are content with your journey, if you are happy with your life, if you are happy with your parenting, then get on with it. Move on with your life. Keep going. But if there is something inside you that wants more connection, more authenticity, more purpose, you want to be a better parent, you want to be a better uh, partner, then it's about doing it consciously, which means healing the trauma that drives your unconscious. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are doing it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think trauma is also linked to uh, push people into uh, narcissistic behaviors and relationship because that's the only way they see to get their needs met. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with narcissists or narcissist parents. So a lot of my clients have narcissistic parents. Mm-hmm. I see it as just coming. The ones that I know are just coming from such a place of lack. You get to us, if you can imagine a scale where this is self love. So you love yourself, love is flowing through you, you receive love, you pass it on. Yeah, narcissists are at exactly the opposite end of the spectrum. They are so starved of love and they feel such a uh, absence of love that everything in their life turns into feeding them and everybody in their life is there to feed this empty black hole that they feel and even the slightest move away from that even the slightest concession or consideration of somebody else they they feel like they're being unselfish they feel like they're giving but actually it's on a scale Right. So they're just moving 5% this way. 
right. uh, which, which they consider to be very generous, but, but they're still over here. Mm. They're still completely self-obsessed with filling this, this chasm, this lack of self-love and attention within themselves. True. Are you familiar with enmeshment trauma? No. Okay. Um, enmeshment trauma is a thing, thing where um, it is common in Indian culture where you have to sacrifice your truth and who you are as a child and you have to become uh, someone who your parents want you to be and you have to yeah. sacrifice who you really are. And when you grow up, uh, you view relationship as I have to sacrifice my true self to be in relationships or I can push people away and be me. So there are two things. Yeah, I mean, we talked about generational trauma, but there's a lot of cultural and societal trauma and even religious trauma, like anything I think that is above, so that there's balance, but any, anything that is above your sense of, the sense of you, like if you're born into a house and there are these sets of rules on the wall that are either cultural or religious rules, right? Yeah. And your sense of being, your worth, if you're a good person or not, is dependent on if you comply with these sets of, of rules. Okay. That, in my experience, creates trauma. Because what it does is it creates this character like, oh, I have the inspiration to do this. Okay. But it's not on the rules, it's not on the wall. So I'm not going to do it. Mm. I have the inspiration to say this. Oh, but that's diff that disagrees with that. So I'm going to be heavily punished if I speak my truth. Yeah. Mm. So there are there are many people that are traumatized by these rules. It's cultural or religious or societal rules. Yeah, a lot of them are also misinterpreted and misunderstood and misapplied. You know, that's what causes them trauma um, in religious sense. I'm no expert, but you're, yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Are there any daily habits like meditation or any rituals that can help us start yeah. overcoming? Yeah. So the way to heal from your trauma is <clears throat> twofold. Number one, physical. So regulation of your nervous system, right? There are lots of ways you can do this and it works really well in the short term. So exercise getting out in nature. Mm. I tried cold water therapy, the whole Wim Hof thing. It works really well short term. Yoga, okay. meditation, eating mm. well, being healthy, looking after your body. All of these things are good for you and they regulate your nervous system in the short term. But what people find is they're like, well, I do all this stuff, but I still feel anxious. I still feel depressed. I go back after 24 hours to feeling the way I did. Mm. The reason for that is that you are carrying around in your body stuck energy and unexpressed emotion from your trauma. Right. Yeah. And what happens is once, the once you've done that practice to regulate your system, that energy will get triggered or it will just come out because it wants to leave yeah. and it will dysregulate you again. Mm. So in order to regulate your nervous system long term and feel good and joyful and present, you need to release the emotion and release the stuck energy in your body. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The practice of doing that is simple, but not easy. The way to do that is to feel it. Mm. Okay? That's it. Feel like shit. So no, to feel, feel the energy in your body. That you're afraid of feeling? That you definitely don't want to feel it. That's why you're not feeling it. Yeah? Right. There's a, there's a famous book called The Body Holds the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And it's basically, it's right. The body holds the story and the score of all your trauma. Mm -hmm. And if you could just dip into it, just notice it, it will release, it will go. Mm-hmm. But what most people have done is they have layers of protection, they have armor, they have coping <laughs> mechanisms around all this trauma in their body. And the last thing they want to do is look at it. So they're right. over there, 
they're on social media, they're, they're watching soap operas, they are gambling, they are doing anything but feeling. Mm. Yeah. Right. When you can, if you, and this is not easy, as I said, it's simple, but it's not easy. This is what I help people do. Yeah. Connect to your body. Notice what's happening. Yeah. When you're feeling anxious, it will come up in your body. You feel it. Let's do an example. So you feel it in your chest. Okay, so you breathe into it. Right? I noticed I have anxiety in my body. You breathe into it. You stay with it. You just notice. Okay, it's uncomfortable. You don't want to do it, but you need to feel. Yeah? Mm. You need to feel it. You need to go through it. And as you do, as you sit with it, it will start to release. It will move. You might right. feel the energy disperse. You might feel it coming up your neck into your head. Mm -hmm. Okay. During this experience, you need to stay the witness. You need to view it. Like, okay, I feel it. I see it. Right. Yeah? You might get emotion come up. So it might be, okay, I feel sadness. I feel grief. I feel anger. Again, you need to witness it, not get caught up in the story. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You might also get shown a vision of what it's from, like, oh, this was when I was 15. Oh, this was when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So your body, your job is to witness and feel and be the awareness. And as you do, your body will release anything you're holding on to that you don't need. Right, right. And that's a process that can last for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But when it's gone, you can't feel it anymore. Mm -hmm. And often you feel light in that area. You feel connection with that area. You're able uh, to go into that area of your body. Mm, nice. Okay? So the process of doing that, of feeling, of and connecting and releasing over a period of time clears your energy body. It clears your body of the trauma, of the energy, of the emotion you're carrying around with you. And by default, you will just go and be in your body. Right, right, healed. You will experience life in the present moment from your body. Mm -hmm. You will feel safe. You will feel present. You will hear your intuition. You will be right. able to speak the truth. Your whole relationship with yourself and the universe will change. Absolutely. Because you're not up here escaping or, you know, thinking or strategizing or trying to be safe. You're just mm -hmm. living in the present moment. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, exactly. People that are not willing to fix themselves are not willing to feel that feeling that, you know, that's trapped yeah. in their chest. Uh, that's also the what I like. Yeah. The idea is that you're not meant to make yourself feel good. Okay. You will automatically feel good. Your goal is to feel. So the important point about feeling and connecting is to, like I said, to be the awareness. Part of it is about the awareness of what's in your body, but part of it is awareness of what your mind is saying. Because that's the thing that trips most people up in this practice. So when I first start working with people, we'll sit down, we'll do this practice, I'll teach them how to do it, I'll, I'll hold them through it. But their brain is telling them to do anything apart from go there. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm too cold, I need another jumper. Or, ah. you know, I need to turn anything up. Or, oh, I need to do this email. Like the brain will tell, will try and distract you. Mm -hmm. Because there's an unconscious... Uh, perception that the, the trauma that you're carrying is painful and that you don't want to experience it again. Danger. Danger. But the reality is that releasing old trauma is not a traumatic experience at all. Releasing old emotion is, as soon as you connect to it, it's kind of done. You just watch it go. It's not like re-experiencing it. But obviously, that's not the perception people have. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very understandable. It's true. People get confused with that voice in their head. It can't, I think it's survival mechanism protecting you from what is perceived as dangerous. But it's actually the salvation, right? Very true.
that's what i like about david gorgens is a story he a lot of times he talks about um he asks himself like what made me a weak man what is breaking me up you know that's precisely the trauma what happened to me that made me this way and then he goes and does the right thing assertively uh causing to align that being and you know release the trauma let's say that's what i have been I like trying it. to apply it's, yeah it's like making the unconscious conscious so what unconsciously in my life is keeping me from doing what i want to do yeah is it the fear is it rejection what what is it and then making the conscious decision to overcome that and do what you want to do yeah realigns you with your with yourself with your authenticity and if you do that over an over a long period of time that can be transformational true yeah and it's not a straight line when you realize you know this is stopping me and this is what i got to do people know it but it's not a straight line like all right i went ahead and did it no right uh, there's overcoming telling the truth that you need to do you know being more self aware and uh, their whole being is kind of pulling them be uh, pulling them back from doing it yeah that's why i i believe the 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 method that i use to heal people accelerates this process a lot yeah it's called inner child or inner parenting or you know i didn't make it up i did a inner child course myself 10 years ago mm-hmm. but what the 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 premise of it is that the person the part of you that's scared of being rejected yeah that creates these unconscious coping mechanisms the part of you that's holding you back right is not the part of you that wants to achieve stuff now as a 22 year old it's the part of you that's a scared 5 year old right and the whole point of inner parenting or inner child work is that you can reframe that 5 year old's experience so the 5 year old feels loved and safe and seen and no longer fears rejection Mm-hmm. and you can do that pretty quickly and then that that 5 year old of you reintegrates in yourself and then that fear is no longer there right. so then you're mo- you're moving forward without that part of you holding you back mm-hmm. yeah it's more like uh so it's more uh carrot rather than stick it's more love and compassion rather than pushing you through it uh-huh right but again i do i do a bit of both so loving the parts of you that weren't loved loving the parts of you that feel rejected and again i do that through regression therapy and pair and inner parenting so the parts of you that's scared if you make them feel safe and loved and you change your behaviors into consciously doing the things that you were scared of mm-hmm. again that's where you get really quick transformational results right and uh self talk uh, works with this like you said you know inner parenting like you talk to those inner parts of you make them feel safe and it's, it's okay it's an inner dialogue right right exactly yeah. yeah it's an inner dialogue that like any parent child relationship needs a bit of time there needs to be trust built up True. yeah there needs to be trust and needs to be time but if you can get your inner child at the point in the process where they release the energy and emotion okay that they are carrying around and you can inner parent them at that time that's again when change happens right right otherwise inner parenting is difficult you're just kind of trying to build this relationship you're trying to form a bond you're trying to build trust how do you do it you know you're talking to yourself it can be confusing mm. but if you can do it when those two parts of you those parts of you that are disconnected are kind of live within you that's yeah. when the change happens yeah and the earlier you take action fixing or healing it the better you know i believe so yeah <laughs> the people more- are people are ready at different times in some ways i've got so much respect for the for the like the older clients i have the six you know i just started working with a 64 year old guy who's just been carrying this generational serious trauma around with him for for six decades wow man i know 
crazy. It's affected his life. He's lived through it. And he's still trying to heal. Still trying. Still thinks there's something better available for him. And I've got so much respect for, for those guys. Truly. Yeah. Absolutely. He's still trying. Hasn't given up. And people, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, parents refuse to do what's right and fix mm-hmm. them. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure he will succeed. I think doing it, attempt, you know, trying to fix yourself is kind of your success because that's where most yeah. people fail. I think, I think trying it is one step. I do think there's, there's a lot of, the one thing I would say that if I could advise people that are trying to do it on their own, that, or the other mistake I see is that people like I did are hopping from modality to modality. So what they do is they say, I'm going to try EMDR and that's going to be the thing that heals me. Mm. Right. Or I'm going to do hypnotherapy and that's going to heal. Or I'm going to journal and that's going to heal. I'm going to do inner child work. That's going to heal. The problem with that is it'll heal part of you. But then you go away for six months and you get re-triggered or re-traumatized. You have a bad experience and you get back into bad habits and you get into a bad relationship. And you're just starting again all the time. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you need to do a combat either on your own or with somebody else a combination of modalities that can look at the physical and emotional side effects you're carrying around. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a chance to move forward and move forward and keep moving forward rather than two steps forward, three steps back, which Mm -hmm. is what a lot of people do, unfortunately. That's true. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, uh, it can't, you know, one modality heals a part of you. So you need a lot of them. Like you need Goggins mentality. You need self-discipline. You need spirituality. You need the purpose in life, something hard that you're, um, you know, chasing all of this field. And then you also need to learn what, you know, how to heal yourself emotionally and uh, taking care of yourself. All of this, all of this in, uh, combined helps you heal. It's not easy, but you are right. Oh, no, not easy. You know, it takes something that happens to us when we are young uh, so quickly, and we spend the rest of our lives fixing it, trying to fix it. Yeah. You can, you can do. It is possible to do it quickly, mm-hmm. but, you know, and that's what I, that's my purpose in life. That's what I've realized. That's what I do with people is hold them through a healing process. So it can be done in just 12 weeks, in 90 days, if you combine the safety and the different modalities and the awareness, it is possible. But that's not an option for everybody. True, yeah. Um, That's what I appreciate about you, you know, when you realized uh, you're traumatized and you researched it, you gathered information and did all the work in order to fix yourself. And now that you have become this person that can help other people do the same, I'm sure you haven't always been motivated to do the right work, but you did it. <laughs> I mean, I tried. I had about 10 different businesses through up until I was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Looking for something, uh, sabotaging them all. Um, so no, but you make a good point. And I, I believe that the work is so important that most of my clients will shift during this process and connect to something in them that makes them want to go and pass this information on and heal others. So I had one client who was a gardener. He did this process and then he started being a healer. I had one client who was a chef a top chef. He, he, he uh, sold his business and started to be a farmer and a healer. Mm-hmm. I've got a woman who I've just started working with who's incredible. And at the moment, she's just, she's, she's at rock bottom. She's living in a hostel doing recovery. But mm-hmm. I know she will be a healer. She's an incredible woman incredible human being and most most when you heal yourself and you connect to love and you connect to the present moment and you see the world through those eyes 
it's very mm. difficult not to pass that on. Right. That gives me one more reason to keep working. I want to see that world through those eyes, clear eyes. Awesome. You can get that. Absolutely. Uh, you're mostly you're making videos on Instagram right now. Well, where can people find you? Yeah, I've got a TikTok account. I've been there for the last couple of months, which is um, which is fine. I've got uh, which uh, the 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 name for that is Modern Day Healer, uh, or my Instagram is Andrew G Lin. All right, um, and then my website is uh, AndrewLin.net. So if you want to have a look or get, follow me for information or contact me to arrange a free call, then you can do. Absolutely. I'll link all of that in the description. Last question. Um, how are you trying to, uh, are you still trying something for yourself uh, or are you completely healed? No, I think with everybody, especially with the wounds like I had about uh, fear of being myself and rejection, as you become, as you step into your purpose, as you become more authentic, you get asked to level up. Yeah. So I had a client recently in the US that I finished the program with him and he said, and he's a publisher and he said, I want you to write a book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that for me was incredible. That felt amazing. Um, but then afterwards, a bit of the fear came up. Because it was like, okay, now you're being asked to be more authentic, to shine more of your light. Yeah. So the stuff, the energy came up, but the difference now, so I'm not fully healed. I'm not sure anyone is. The difference is I am aware, so I can recognize when something comes up in me. Right. I can stay the witness so I might feel anxious for a little while or I might not sleep at night and I might have a dream about something and I'll be able to pick it up and go, okay, that's obviously not relevant for this moment. That's an old wound. That's something coming up that's disproportionate to my experience mm -hmm. or, you know, I want to do this, but I feel some hesitancy. So I recognize that that's probably something from my past. Mm -hmm. And I have the tools now to very quickly tap into it, feel it, release it, and move on with my life um, uh, very quickly, as opposed to it, you know, dis, dis uh, railing me or, or distracting me for too long. Right, right. Got it. And that's what I teach my clients as well. You're not going to be 100% healed, but you're going to have the tools you need mm -hmm. to move forward. Absolutely. You're going to be more conscious and you're going to be able to recognize, oh, this is coming up. This is my loathing. This is my parents' voice in me. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. This is this. I have the tools. I know what to do with it. I can move through this process. It's part of life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, um, and this is very personal, uh, this dream. Now, let's say that you have this dream of, I want to travel and I want to go to beautiful places in nature or something. And you feel like, you know what's your dream. You know where you want to go. Why are you not taking action on, on your dream? <laughs> what well, is the this? dream? Yeah. So uh, the dream is fairly obvious, right? You're connecting to what you want as a human being. We're supposed to be connected to nature. We're supposed to be connected to beauty. That's natural. So the, the hesitancy, again, can come from a couple of things. Dysregulation causes procrastination. So many people procrastinate because you get triggered by something and you get brain frog and you can't make the decision. And, and what might be triggering you is it may be a self-worth issue. Like you said to me before, and I obviously don't know this, so just don't take this as advice. I'm just giving you a, a, an example. Okay. But if you grow up, if you grow up in a culture that made you question your desires, that made you think it was selfish to follow your desires, and made you think that you were worthy only if you were following other people's desires, <laughs> then that feeling is going to trigger that. That that feeling is going to be is. That feeling of wanting to do something is going to dysregulate you and cause procrastination. But also there's probably unconscious labels around that of, oh, you're selfish. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's a bad thing to do. Mm. 
that could be. I don't know. You'd have to investigate if you wanted to look into it. But that's an example of how these things show up. Yeah, yeah, true. And I'm sure I'm not alone of this kind in our culture. Because that thing that you said, that's precisely what goes on here. Like, abandon your own desires and what you want to do. And you pick up what your parents want you to do. This is something that needs to change. I don't think it's... You know, happiness isn't the most important thing. I think purpose and authenticity mm-hmm. and presence are a lot more important. True. But they require you to be connected to your joy and your inner voice and your intuition and to follow that. Exactly. Um, and that's what we should be teaching our children to do, not pigeonholing them into mm-hmm. something else. Now, again, I don't understand the culture fully, and I'm sure there is a cultural narrative that says that this doing this is best for your children. Doing this will get your children ahead in life, etc. Um, but it's about time that we looked at these narratives and uh, questioned whether they're good for the individual, but also good for us as a collective. Yeah. Yeah, because what's good, what I think is good for the collective, for us as a collective, as a species, is for all of us to love ourselves and be connected to ourselves authentically and purposefully. Mm -hmm. Because that takes out things like competition and greed. Right. Yeah, which eventually lead to a lot of the bad stuff that's going on in the world. Yes, agreed. And the thing is, you're born with your own purpose. It's unique to you, right? And you need to connect. You need to know yourself and be self-aware from from the childhood itself. And sometimes the culture causes uh, exactly the opposite of that. You disconnect with your true self and you become this. And they're tyrannized to become into becoming that. But <laughs> yeah, I won't still give up. I'm still gonna become who I'm, who I am. The journey back to self, that's what healing is. It's, it's a journey back to yourself, who you are, and that's where life begins. True. All right. Um, I think we couldn't cover still everything about trauma. One episode is definitely not enough. We maybe need a couple more. Sure <laughs> All right. I think we should do this again then sometime. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This talk was really educational for me and gives me and a lot of people that will be listening to um, direction and yeah, hopefully drives them into healing them. Keep doing all the great work that you do. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, pleasure. No problem at all. All right. Thank you.